0: In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Quote, A Christianity which does little in practice while incessantly explaining its teachings is dangerously unbalanced, unquote. So I can imagine the headlines already. Pope downplays doctrine, which would be just as comically misleading as Pope teaches against teaching, or the Pope denounces denunciations. Well, this morning when the Holy Father said those words, he was addressing all the bishops throughout the world who are in Philadelphia right now for the world meeting of families. They were gathered in the chapel at St. Charles Borromeo Seminary. What was he telling the bishops? Basically, we need actions, not just words. And the context for the remarks was his address about the importance of family in general, and in particular the paralysis of modern young people who have been led to be afraid of marriage. And this follows on the heels of His Holiness concluding remarks to Congress this past Thursday. Quote, I cannot hide my concern for the family, which is threatened, perhaps as never before, from within and without. Fundamental relationships are being called into question, as is the very basis of marriage and the family. I can only reiterate the importance, and above all, the richness and the beauty of family life. In particular, I would like to call attention to those family members who are the most vulnerable, the young. For many of them, a future filled with countless possibilities beckons. Yet so many others seem disoriented and aimless, trapped in a hopeless maze of violence, abuse, and despair. Their problems are our problems. We cannot avoid them. We need to face them together to talk about them and to seek effective solutions rather than getting bogged down in discussions. At the risk of oversimplifying, we might say that we live in a culture which pressures young people not to start a family because they lack possibilities for the future. Yet this same culture presents others with so many options that they, too, are dissuaded from starting a family, unquote. So the Holy Father is taking aim at a whole host of problems. Not just consumerism and and people who are obsessed with acquiring goods and, and being rich and successful and having, quote unquote, a perfect life. He's also taking aim at those pressures in society which are encouraging people actively to a sinful way of life whether it be same-sex marriage or contraception. And he specifically has those things in mind when he's visiting the Little Sisters of the Poor and when he's taking the United Nations to task for pressuring developing countries to accept abortion and contraception when they want to receive development aid. Now, in addition to exposing errors and explaining ourselves, The Holy Father insists that we not blame young people for growing up in this culture and that we encourage them to choose marriage, that we inspire them to generosity, to hope and to courage. So it's good to remember how the Lord did things like this. He didn't scold the paralytic for his sins. He forgave the man. The man was already suffering punishment for his sins. And so the Lord simply says, your sins are forgiven. Or how many other instances where the Lord did extend mercy and forgiveness without further embarrassing the person? The Samaritan woman at the well, he patiently befriended her and allowed her to reveal all of the sins of her past, all of her brokenness. Or the woman who was presented to him having committed adultery, whose sins already were being bandied about, what did he do? He remained silent and just, just drew on the ground in the dirt with his finger until everyone went away. And then he addressed her. And so at the one and the same time, the Holy Father is taking very seriously sinful tendencies, sinful evil developments in society while trying to befriend all of these people who are caught up in all of these terrible, painful things. It's possible to do both healing the culture, and promoting marriage that also follow different patterns. Some people are going to try to do this by falsely equating the vocations of marriage and celibacy. And that would not be genuinely Christian. That's not the teaching of the church. It's not even the teaching of Vatican II and Pope John Paul II. Let me explain. So society is going to try to encourage people to choose a good by by trying to tell them that this is the greatest possible good for you. And, and that's our religious fervor being caught up with, with some of the, the, the false competitiveness and false consumerism of the world. The good that God has in store for you is the good that God has in store for you. Whether it be the vocation that you have in this life or or the, the place that you will have in heaven. There's, so there's no reason for us to be, to be preoccupied with, well, her, you know, her glory in heaven is greater than his glory in heaven, or her vocation in the monastery is supposedly superior to my vocation in the home. What well, these differences are real, but they're for our benefit. So let me explain further. If we don't promote celibacy as our original Christian way of life, that in which we live for several decades until we marry, even more precisely, that in which we experience true love in our families until we start our own family, then our young people will be drowning in unchastity. In fact, they are drowning in unchastity. So many young hearts are scarred by intimate relationships that have been broken, which means we have lots of young people that are already suffering the equivalent of a divorce and suffer the equivalent despair in ever having a good, faithful, permanent, loving relationship. And so unless, unless the church is clear about promoting the life of Christ as a real pattern for our way of life, which at the very least is our life of baptism and confirmation and may very well take on a a specific consecration in the world for the benefit of the birth of children and their education and for the benefit of a spouse in marriage. And yet some people will be able to receive a grace that makes it possible for them to live in the world almost as angels in heaven, which will be the life of all of us transformed by grace and heavenly glory among the angels and the saints. The life of not having a spouse, but loving in an exclusive way the Lord. That has to be central to our promotion of marriage, to our promotion of the, the beginning of every Christian life. If, if we instead fall prey to those who would regard virginity as something a little unusual, well then virginity among children and teenagers will also also be discarded as something impossible. Do we truly believe what we just said? The precepts of the Lord give joy to the heart. Do we truly believe that virtue is good and enjoyable and lovely and beautiful? Yes, we do. That's why we're here. But we also know that we need help, which is also why we're here. And so how much more so for those who don't enjoy the regular assistance of prayer and grace and fellowship and coffee and donuts and and beer and barbecue, right? We can't just talk about this. We have to help them experience the joy of a truly Christian way of life. And so it's temperance and consumption. It's purity in our entertainment. It's modesty in dress. It's honesty and sincerity in our communications. And what's the result? The result is serenity and peace and joy and hope. Not just optimism that things are going to turn out well for me because I'm special. But unshakable confidence in the goodness of God who will carry me through every difficulty of life. And that these little things, whatever afflicts me right now, they are Nothing compared to the glory of heaven that awaits those who live and die and rise in Christ Jesus. And so at one and the same time, we're perfectly aware of all the evils that afflict us. And if the Holy Father were to use another one of his modes of, of explaining things, which is not to blame that person for that person's sins, as much as blaming the evil one for trying to corrupt all of us. He would make it even that much more abundantly clear that he is perfectly aware of all the troubles that afflict our society. But he doesn't want us to focus on all the evil of the world. Otherwise, probably Friday would be the obligatory day to attend church. Instead, we focus on all the glory of God and his victory, which is why we gather here on Sunday and why with who knows how many million plus people, uh, they'll be gathered around several city blocks this afternoon to be with the Holy Father. Because Christ is incarnate. And the church is the bride of Christ. And she will always be in the world. And she will prevail against the gates of hell. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.